The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While they were all marveling at everything Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears, for the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them that they should not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask about this saying. The Gospel of the Lord. From the first reading this morning, <clears throat> we have uh, this beautiful foreshadowing of the promise of Christ who will come as a shepherd to protect his people. And he will guard them, as it says in the first reading, he says, I will be a wall of fire round about, says the Lord, and I will be the glory within her. And so the Lord's protection and the defense of his people is a fire that surrounds them, but it is also a glory that is within them that is deep within the heart of the city, but also that is true of every Christian soul in the grace of Jesus Christ, which is that he is a protecting and defending fire without, but he is also the glory within. And it is this within, this dwelling of God within the Christian soul that is in grace, uh, that is also what is kind of somewhat hinted at in the gospel today. So the chapter 9 of Luke's Gospel is very interesting. It's interesting for many reasons, but one especially is the particular pattern of activities that take place and the order in which they take place. And so there are two times here where the Lord is speaking to his disciples about his coming passion and death. So the first time is right before the transfiguration in chapter 9, where the Lord again tells them about his coming passions and his sufferings, from Matthew's account, we have Peter's response, which is Peter does what we often try to do. As Pope Benedict says in his Jesus of Nazareth series, he says we always have to check ourselves that we do not react like Peter does to the uh, speaking about or the kind of coming of a future cross, which is that we try to avoid it by all means even going to the point where we try to convince the Lord of what should be done so that our prayer doesn't become what should we do according to your will, but where we try to instruct the Lord as to what he should do. And that's what we have to be careful in prayer, and especially when it comes to the cross, because the cross through Christ has now become redemptive. Suffering through Christ has now become redemptive. And so the trials and sufferings that the Lord permits in his holy will are also for our good and for our sanctification. And so it is for us as Christians to go forward to meet the cross as Christ does, not trusting in our own power in order to overcome it, but knowing that the one who is with us, the one who fortifies us without and whose glory is within, that he is with us and that if the Lord is with us, who can be against us, right? So any trial, any difficulty can be endured with Christ and his grace. And as we've said before, any cross that the Lord permits in our life, 
He will always give sufficient grace to go through the cross and to come out on the other side of it according to his will, deeper in his grace, deeper in his love, uh, and deeper in his truth. And so what the Lord does is he has that initial speaking of his cross. We have Peter's reaction in Matthew's gospel. And then the Lord goes from that moment, that profession of faith that then Peter does make, he goes up into his transfiguration. And in the transfiguration, he shows his future glory. And so what the Lord is doing, in, especially in this chapter 9 of Luke's gospel, is he is preparing the souls of his disciples for the coming cross. And he is doing that not only by speaking to them now very directly about it, but also by showing them his glory, giving them a foretaste of what is to come after the cross. And then he goes from the transfiguration and he comes back down the mountain and he deals with that demonic spirit that is possessing that young boy. And he casts out that demonic spirit, the demon, and he heals the young boy and he restores the relationship of that young boy to his father. And I think that that last sentence, which comes just before today's gospel, is a very beautiful summation of the work of the Messiah and what he will do through his passion and death. Because that last sentence, after he heals the young boy, it says that the Lord cast out the demon, healed the young man, or the young boy, and restored him to his father. And in a spiritual sense, that is what the Lord is doing in every single one of us liberating us from evil influence and from demonic influence. He is healing us, not just exteriorly or physically, but also healing us in soul. And then he is also restoring us in that spiritual sense to the relationship with our heavenly Father. And it is after these things that this next sentence comes. It says, while they were all marveling at everything Jesus did. That's very beautiful, right? So this is, they've witnessed all of his miracles, all of his power, his beautiful teachings, his wisdom as it pours out from him. They've come to love him so deeply. They've come to appreciate and love his presence in their midst. And the Lord turns to them and he says, let these words sink into your ears. In the Greek, it is into your hearts, right? Right into your interior. Let these words sink into your interior. But we might say, why does the Lord tell them to listen to these words and then not give them the grace to understand them at that moment? That's a good question, because it says, but they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them. So it seems like it's not just their fault that they don't understand, but that there is a certain veil that is over the words by which they cannot yet understand them. And so I read a very beautiful commentary yesterday, and I was just meditating on it last night, which I think is well, it's, it's the best one that I've read so far. But it was that what the Lord does by means of his word, especially when we do not immediately understand it, because his word is not always for the immediate. His word is not always for our current situation as it is. His word is something that is living and active. And so some of the words that we receive from the Lord are not for now. They are for another time. But it is important that they are implanted in our heart and that they have taken root there so that when it is the time for those words to bear fruit in the time of trial and difficulty, that that is when they will be ready, right? So there is a process of taking in the Lord's words, even if we don't immediately understand them, but just allowing them to be in the heart and to be loved so that in the right season and at the right time, they will be there to defend us from within, 
right? Not just a defense that is exterior, but a defense that is in the heart, a protection of God that comes from his living word, that word of fire that is able to encourage us and to help us to go through the trials and difficulties of the cross as it comes to us in our life. And the reason I think that this is a good interpretation is because if you look then at the time of the crucifixion and the passion of Jesus, we can see that the one who is most steadfast in following Jesus Christ through his passion and death is Our Lady. And what has she done throughout his life? Well, we know from this same gospel, from Luke's gospel, that what she has done has always been the same activity. It says she took all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. She took all of the things of the life of Christ and she's planted them deep within her heart, even when she didn't understand. So we know when she finds him in the temple and the Lord says, did you not know I must be about my father's work? It says they did not understand these sayings. But immediately after that, it says, but his mother took all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And so there is a season for the word that even though when it goes in, we might not immediately understand it, because it is living word, it is there once it is within us to defend us in the times in which it should. And so that the understanding of the word might not be immediate, but it will come in the future because this is what the Lord has uh, promised. This is what we see in the example of Our Lady. I think an argument could be made for the other contemplatives that are at the foot of the cross, John and also Mary Magdalene. We know Mary Magdalene also had a love for the Word, received all of those, uh, the words of Jesus Christ and pondered them in her heart like Our Lady. We know that John was the more contemplative of the disciples, also deeply interior with all of the words and the details of the life of Christ within his soul. And these seem to be the ones that can endure under trial, that can stand up under the fire of the cross, right? And so I just would encourage that what the Lord is saying to his disciples in the gospel scene, he is saying to all of us, which is let these words, all of the words of Jesus Christ, all of his life, all of the gospels, let these words sink into your hearts, and then, for the Son of Man is to be delivered up into the hands of men. The passion of Christ is something that we should always be contemplating, that we should always hold before our minds, not just because of its sufferings, but because of the love that is shown through it. And the Lord is encouraging us that even in our own life, what he will do is not only defend us from without, but also defend us from within, if we allow these words to be taken into our hearts. Amen.